Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your Hello, life better. Welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyl Arthritis Podcast. I want to start off this episode with recognizing that we lost another member of the AS community about a week ago. Her name was Jessie, and I'll have a link in the show notes. She was face number 275 on the Faces of AS website. So please go out and give her profile a read and just keep her in your mind as you listen to this episode. Today's episode, as you might have figured out by the title, we're going to talk about pain in your neck and what that entails, how it gets there, what it's about, and just everything that it encompasses. So this article that I'm going to go through is from myspondylitisteam.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. And really what it's going to focus on is, you know, well, this show is called the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. That's the overarching term for both radiographic and non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis. With neck pain, by the time it gets really severe, you're probably been diagnosed with the ankylosing spondylitis side, the radiographic axial spondyloarthritis side of this condition. If you think of this autoimmune condition as a like plane where you kind of start off on the non-radiographic and progress to the radiographic. This article is really going to focus more on people on the radiographic side. Again, that doesn't mean that if you have non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, you don't have pain in your neck, but this particular part of this article is going to deal mainly with the radiographic or the ankylosing spondylitis. So you will hear me use that term in this show. So this article talks about how do you manage ankylosing spondylitis and neck pain? Well, as we know, and I mentioned earlier, axial spondyloarthritis is the overall umbrella term for both non-radiographic and radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, radiographic also known as ankylosing spondylitis. What we look at, though, is that advanced forms of axial spondyloarthritis, they can cause inflammation and new bone growth throughout the spine, the hips, everywhere it has the ability to can, you know, get that extra bone growth. And this can cause chronic pain and stiffness in the lower back, the rib cage, and the neck. As the body responds to the increased inflammation, you know, it produces more calcium around the spine. This means more bone growth, and this causes further pain and stiffness. Over time, the article goes on to state, some of these bones in the spine may fuse into, you know, basically immobility. You just can't, it has very little give, very little ability to flex. This has forced the spine to curve forward. That's me. If you walked up to talk to me, you would be looking at my shoulders and my forehead and top of my head, and I would have to try to stand up straight to look you in the eye if I can. My neck had not been really bothered much until probably the last, I don't know, two, three years. I've noticed it's getting dramatically worse, and my ability to turn my head when I drive is becoming much, much more diminished. So when I come up to a road that's kind of at an angle and not a a 90 degree, you know, where I can look easily to my right or left to see other traffic, I really have to uh, struggle to be able to see oncoming traffic. It's not always the safest situation. I've had to make some unique turns to make sure that I don't hurt myself or more importantly, anybody else. So with this neck pain, it is a common symptom of AS and it's frequently discussed topic on my spondylitis team they go on to mention. So in the article, they're going to explore a little bit more about the neck and 
how it plays into what's happening. So when you look at neck pain and ankylosing spondylitis, the neck pain and stiffness due to ankylosing spondylitis often appears when the lower back pain progresses up the spine into the neck, which makes sense. It starts lower and moves up your spine. This can take several months or years or even decades. It's important to note, however, that these symptoms of AS can present atypical. Pain may start in the neck instead of the lower back. This presentation occurs in women more often than men. So again, when you're talking to a doctor, if they're trained a number of years ago, they're going to be looking for low back pain. They're going to be looking for these different things. And if you're a woman going in there and saying, getting these really bad neck pains, these headaches, it doesn't mean it's part of axial spondyl arthritis, but it is a symptom and one that should not be ignored. And if your doctor is not familiar with it, you're going to need to advocate for yourself and maybe educate them and let them know that, look, I know this is a condition, this is a sign that it might be axial spondyl arthritis. And again, use that term when you're trying to get a diagnosis. Don't use ankylosing spondylitis. Use axial spondyl arthritis. You want to cast the widest net. So as they go on to talk, they say that neck pain caused by ankylosing spondylitis, you know, it's the inflammatory rather than the mechanical pain. AS neck pain may feel muscular in nature and the neck may stiffen, reducing its range of motion. This combination of neck pain and stiffness can significantly impact daily life. AS neck pain and stiffness may make it difficult to fall asleep or stay asleep at night. And people with AS also report having difficulty walking with their heads up due to the stiff and painful joints. That's what I just explained. When you walk up to me, you're going to be looking at the top of my head. And if you come up from the side of me, either the right or the left, you'll not see me turn my neck to look at you. I will turn my whole body to look at you. I will completely pivot. So there is no just looking to the right or the left. It's, it's going to be a complete pivot of my shoulders, everything to turn to see you. So the impact of ankylosing spondylitis and, and neck pain. Out of the nearly 14,000 members on this website with AS, more than 1,200 report having neck pain. One member shared their intensity of their pain. They said, neck pain brings tears to my eyes. The pain is so bad, it feels like my head's going to rip off my neck. I can't hold my head up, another person wrote. So as they go through and describe the different things, you can read this. I'll have a link to the article. But is there really a way to manage it? Well, if you're experiencing the neck pain of AS, there are many ways to manage it, but not cure it. Treatment options include home remedies like using a heating pad, exercises, stretches, and finally medications. You can also do some meditation, may even help some people who are in the earlier stages. They can help to reduce stress, help to reduce the tension in your neck. What types of medications are available? Well, like everything else, they're going to want to start you, that's they being doctors, are going to want to try and start you on NSAIDs. That's the first line, Tylenol, aspirin, Aleve, what all those basic over-the-counter type medications to see if that helps with the inflammation and helps to bring some of it under control for you. If it doesn't, the next line of defense is going to be maybe a, a steroid, could be a prednisone, could even be injections into the neck to try and help out. Those are the next kind of step-ups. There's also, you're going to be maybe looking at surgery. Now, I've never had surgery on my neck. I don't even plan on having surgery on my neck, but I know many people have to varying degrees of success. People with AS, they don't really need surgery, but in rare cases, the surgery can help to eliminate pain and improve neck movement. There's a procedure known as an osteotomy, may be used to fuse curved vertebrae and straighten the spine. 
another option known as a laminectomy or decompression surgery may be performed to relieve pressure on the spinal cord or nerve roads. You and your doctor should discuss what options are available and whether that's going to really fit into what you're needing done or wanting done. One of the main things that you can do is exercise. Regular exercise, you know, and this is where I'm going to throw out yoga for AS, but regular exercise, stretching, this can all have wonderful benefits for you, not only by increasing and keeping you flexible, but by, you know, keeping your body moving. That's really what we need is to keep our bodies active as much as we can. I know you hear this and you say, God, not another person tell me to do yoga, but there's a reason that we talk about movement because movement is really the key to keeping yourself as flexible, limber, and active as long as you can. Keep your best quality of life. And it can be just something really easy and simple. It doesn't have to be some long, drawn-out affair. It's just a function of keeping moving. There's also some physical therapy. That's met with mixed results from a lot of people. Some say they feel better after it. Others say they feel worse after it. You're going to have to determine, maybe after a couple sessions, if that's been beneficial for you. There is some meditation as well. Again, this I think really is more applicable to the early stages when you're in maybe a non-radiographic and you use meditation to bring down any stress that you're dealing with in your body. But it's still, whatever level you're at, the reduction of stress can be good. So don't, uh, don't discount meditation. Try it. You've got nothing to lose. There's, you know, active meditation, mindfulness, yoga breathing, all of that is easily topics that you can find about on YouTube to research as best you can. And then what are the... You know, the home remedies could be the heating pad, heat therapy. I've seen those bags that go into the microwave that you heat them up and you put them on your neck to keep your neck warm and, you know, limber up the muscles. Check in the links below. I'll have a link to one of those out at Amazon to see what I'm talking about. Just know ultimately you're not alone. This neck pain affects everybody at some point in one form or fashion. Even if it's not neck pain caused by AS, if you get it, you can certainly empathize with those that are dealing with it on a much more complex level. So with that, thanks for listening. I know this was a short episode. I just wanted to get out there and get a new episode out there for you to talk about a topic that doesn't really get a lot of coverage. So thank you for listening. Make sure that if you're looking for a diagnosis, you're using that term axial spondyloarthritis. If you're a woman, make sure that you are tracking your symptoms to know that you can present different than how a man presents and you don't want your doctor to try and be placing you in all the same boxes, which could delay your diagnosis and ultimately affect your quality of life. So it's got to be one where you really, really track what's going on so that you know and don't become fixated on. It's got to be ankylosing spondylitis. Remove that word from your vocabulary, and then hopefully you can push forward to get a faster diagnosis, faster treatment plan, better longer-term quality of life. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care.